First song. pray. Oh, good morning, Lord. Thank you for this day that you've made. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us in the past and that you have planned to give us now in the future. And the greatest blessing is your son. And we worship him. We celebrate him. We live in him. 
And we pray now that as we sing our songs, as we pray our prayers, as we hear from your word, you would be glorified and that your people would be strengthened for the journey. Uh, We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not a warrior. I'm too afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're pulling me to. Lord, with your strength, I've got no excuse. seated. What a fun song. Wow. Um, As we think about the list of those uh, biblical characters that were in that song, one after another, God blessed them with the faith to do what God called them to do. Now, none of them were perfect. They still fell and they had issues like all of us. But it's when God steps into our life, he makes a difference. Um, but all too often, because of our sin, we go our own way, we do our own thing. So let's take a moment now to, to confess that sin and then be reminded of his grace and forgiveness. Oh, good and gracious God, we, we come to you today and we thank you that you are always with us, that you are attentive to your creation. You know every breath we take, you know, um, you know what we're going through. You understand also our plight, our struggle, our sin. You understand that our sin separates us from you and we would be separated from you forever. So thank you for stepping into this world. Thank you for the sending of your son. Thank you for his perfect life, his death, and his resurrection. Thank you that through what he did, we can have forgiveness and life and hope and peace and joy. Oh, Lord, keep reminding us. Keep showing up in our life in such a way that we cannot uh, miss this. Miss your grace, your mercy, your love. So thank you again for all that you have done and will do 
because you are so gracious. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Again, may God give each of us the faith like he did of the characters of old to stand firm, to be attentive to God being at work in our life every single breath we take. All right, a couple uh, announcements. Uh, I saw and met some guests here. We're glad that you're with us in worship. Um, glad you chose to come to 1C. And uh, this is an incredible faith community of believers in Christ. So glad you came. We'd like to know um, that you're here. And in this COVID-19 world, uh, what we're asking you to do is to text 1C guest to 94,000. And that'll get your name and information so we can you know, be in contact with you and let you know about all the different mission and ministry that is taking place here at 1C. Also, uh, if you have a prayer request, if you've come in here today, and maybe, maybe you're walking on, on, on a cloud because you have received some kind of blessing in your life and you just are so thankful, what you can do is text a prayer request so we would know that. So 402-242-5051 gets the prayer request to us right away. And then we'll include it in worship today and in fact we'll pray for that throughout the week. Now you're sitting here saying, well I don't have a prayer of thanksgiving, I have a prayer of concern. Same there too. You know, if you would like us to lift you up in prayer this morning, please text that number, let us know and we'll include that. And for those of you that are on Facebook this morning, you have an opportunity in the comments section to type in your prayer request and we'll include that as well. And also, you'll see the, the slide up there. We do believe that God has blessed every single one of us with gifts, abilities, and talents and treasures. And God takes great delight when we say thank you to him by using those to bless other people. So, as God leads and guides, please be prayerful and listen and pay attention to what he is telling us to do with those gifts. All right, uh, last announcement but not the least. A little bit later in the service, we'll be having communion, the Lord's Supper. And let me just remind you what we believe as a church here at 1C. Because there are different uh, beliefs about this. Here at 1C, we believe when Jesus gave this gift about 2,000 years ago, um, yes, there was bread and wine there, but he said, it is my body and blood. So here at 1C, we believe that all of that is present. We believe, yes, it's bread and wine or juice, but it's also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if this is your belief, we, we encourage you to, to uh, celebrate this with us. So if you did not pick up elements on the way in to worship this morning, during the next song, feel free just to, to get up and make your way into the family gathering area over by the kitchen windows, and we will have the elements for you to bring back in so that you are ready for communion a little later in the service. Again, may God be glorified in all of this as we um, appreciate his love for us. We continue now. Lord knows the devil don't sleep. He never shuts his eyes. You'll never hear him creeping.
how attentive you are this morning. I'm going to tell you three stories. They all have something in common. So I wish we had a little background music, but I won't ask them to do it. But I'm going to tell you three stories. Listen carefully, and there is a a thread that weaves through all three of them. The first story, uh, I think I was uh, probably six, maybe eight months of dating Kristen. This goes back many years ago. And um, we had just finished going out on a date I am now going to bring her back home. This was, I think, January, very cold. Maybe it was 10 degrees, maybe it was zero. I'm not sure, I can't remember. Um, So I pull up, I drop her off, and then I head out. The only problem was that her parents weren't home, the doors were locked. So what she had to do and this is the day before, this is when there were not cell phones. For those of you that have always had cell phones, this was a different kind of world. And so I go home and I'm totally oblivious. She had to go into the garage and find the other car and sit in the car like this. And she was cold. And I will just say maybe an hour or more. I'm not sure how long. Second story uh, Saginaw, Michigan. We are visiting nephews and nieces, and, you know, we have a whole bunch of kids, and we decide we're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. How many of you have gone to Chuck E. Cheese? I'll pray for you. I mean, let me tell you, it's a crazy place. Well, we go there, and so we have all these kids, and I have this Suburban, and so we drive there, we get out, we have all the fun, and then you know that very moment when you have to take all those little tickets, and you go up to the counter, and as a parent, it feels like eternity when they're trying to decide what to get with those tickets and then it's time to go so we all pile in the car and we start driving away and then one of my nephews and nieces said uncle jim justin's not here our second oldest i'm saying oh don't be so funny they said no he's not in here and i'm driving and i'm saying justin would you put your head up so i could see if you're here He was not there. And so by then, we're about five miles away. So we have to drive back five miles in rush hour. And it took forever. And so one of my nephews and nieces, trying to give me comfort, said something like, oh, don't worry, Uncle Jim. Somebody probably picked him up and took him home. (laughs) Okay. Story number three. Some of you know that I was a pastor in Tucson, Arizona for eight and a half years. And if you've ever seen the sunrise coming up over the mountain, it is stirring. It is beautiful. It is awesome. And so I'm on my way to a Bible study at a restaurant at 6 a.m. So the sun is just coming up over the mountains. And I'm on my motorcycle. Again, it was a Goldwing, Honda Goldwing. And I'm coming up, and I'm coming up to this road that goes like this. Okay, a little curve to it. And I haven't been on this road much. This is one of the first weeks for the Bible study. And so I come up on it, and, and, and I'm, I just kind of glance up at the sun. And I'm like, this is really, wow. And then I come back, and I look here, and all of a sudden, I notice the road's going to go like this. And with a Honda Goldwing, it doesn't corner really quickly. You you need a little bit more time and space for that. 
And so I had to think quickly, what do I do? Do I try to corner it or do I try to drive through, you know, where it was all gravel and all? So I decided to drive through. This is a week before Christmas, you know, busy season for like pastors in particular. And so I end up somehow hitting something, sliding through the gravel. There was no cactus. That was good. Uh, went onto the street and just kept kind of going. And I'll never forget just, you know, the bike is on top of me. And I'm like, oh, what just happened? I don't remember much of what happened after that. So three stories. Three stories. What do they all have in common? Anybody want to? Yes, Ron. Yes. No. Yes. Pastor Jim is easily distracted. Yes. And that's my problem, but it's also your problem. Think about it, though. Ever since the beginning of time, humanity, I'm, I'm going to call it spiritual ADD. God says do this, be this, go this direction, and we're like, oh, we're, there's a squirrel. or something. We were so distracted by so much in life, and we veer away from what God says. So that spiritual ADD gets us in trouble. Now, we contrast that with this truth. From the very beginning, God was kingdom attentive. Now, let me give you the framework of the word kingdom. Kingdom is... God is king, and we are his people. It's kind of like a family. He protects us, he blesses us, and we bless him back, and that's the kingdom. From the very beginning of time, and we don't understand what that is, right? We, we are chronological people. We, we think of 24-7, right? But before all of that, before time even became a reality, God was I mean, he's always there, and he's always been kingdom attentive. He's always thinking kingdom. So what I want to do is just take you a little journey in Scripture about how, you know, I see this play out in, at least in the history of the world. So let's start off with Genesis. Um, the name Genesis actually means beginning, and it's the beginning of lots of different things, right? God creates the heavens and the earth. He creates Adam and Eve. He places them in the garden, and really what he wanted was for them to be attentive to him and his word and his direction, and he was going to be attentive to them. But what did we find happen? A little distracted, right, Ron? I mean, God, God said, don't eat from the tree in the garden, because if you eat from it, you're going to die. And I don't know if you ever thought this. They did not know what death meant. There was no definition for it. But they probably could tell by the tone on God's voice that it's not something to look forward to. But even with that in their, in their face, they decided to do their own thing and go their own way. So God could have very easily said, you know what, you're out of my garden, you're out of my kingdom, you're out of my heart, uh, you know, you disobeyed, you're on your own. That's not what God did. Instead, we find Genesis 3.15 is the first gospel promise. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between thy seed and your seed, and he will crush your head and you will bruise your, your heel. It was when God was speaking to the serpent and said, I'm going to defeat you because I love my people so much and I want them to be part of my family and my kingdom. I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that. That was Genesis. You can see God's heartbeat, Right? So we go a little further, we get into the book of Exodus, and not much changes, in a sense. The children of Israel are still distracted. They still have this spiritual ADD thing, and they're kind of looking all over the place. They end up being in Egypt as slaves for 400 and some years. God, being kingdom attentive, at the right time, at the right place, rises up, raises up Moses to be the deliverer. And as the spokesperson for God, he goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And then we see those ten plagues. And we see the last plague. And finally, the children of Israel are set free. God, once again, being very attentive to them. 
you know, made, made a promise that there is a promised land flowing with milk and honey, and I want you to have it because I love you. That's just the way God is. You know, we're the focus of his love. Now, let's go into um, to Joshua. The book of Joshua, but also the person. So as the children of Israel go through this long spiritual ADD moment, they were 40 days away from the promised land geographically. They can go from Egypt to the land of Canaan that should have taken 40 days. How long did it take them? 40 years. And the reason it took 40 years? Spiritual ADD. They weren't kingdom attentive. They weren't attentive to this relationship. So they, they wanted to do their own thing. Their, but God, again, moved in Moses and then in Joshua to finally get them to this place where they're going to go into the promised land. And we find there were these conquests or battles or wars that needed to be done. And so God used Joshua to lead them into that promised land. And God, once again, you know, I love my people. I'm going to meet their needs. I'm going to, to, to deliver them. Uh, we talk about David as an example. He was mentioned in that song. Um, David versus Goliath. It looks like the odds are against David. And against, really, the army of Israel. But through a, a remarkable way, God used a teenager, a young lad, to defeat this really big, mighty Goliath. Once again, God's saying, I've got this, and I care about you. We go a little further. Elijah um, was able to raise a widow's son and defeat the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. Elisha was able to keep a widow's oil not to run dry when that's all that she had in her house. I mean, God just kept showing up at, at every turn saying, I'm here. I'm, I'm attentive to you. I know what you're going through. I want to meet your need. This is how God works. <clears throat> now, did it end in the Old Testament? No. In fact, when we look at the New Testament, you know, we get into the life of Jesus. We look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels. And we find that the life and ministry of Jesus demonstrates kingdom attentiveness. He was always looking for kingdom. Wherever he went, he wanted to bring the kingdom of God, which means love and mercy and grace. It was with him. Just think about some of the stories. Healing of the sick, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the mute speaking. I mean, he fed five and four thousand. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. I mean, at every turn, he was bringing this kingdom into people's lives. But the greatest example, the greatest miracle was his resurrection. He was so attentive to wanting you and me to have kingdom, to be with God and to have his blessing. He came into Jerusalem and he was fixated on the cross. He knew that he had to go there so that we can be part of the kingdom forever. So we find that, that movement, right, on that Thursday night. He gets betrayed by a friend with a kiss. He gets arrested. He gets put on a, a, really a mockery of a trial. He gets beaten, bloody, and then he's placed on a cross. And all along, even on the cross, how kingdom attentive was he? Do you remember what he said to the, the one thief on the cross? Today you'll be with me in paradise. So he's thinking kingdom even as his body is given out and even while he is just moments from death. Jesus was kingdom attentive. So, now what? The book of Acts. And, and this is what we've been doing for the last couple of months. We've been looking at the book of Acts. And it reveals that God's hand is on his apostles as, he, as they perform miracles, signs, and wonders. Remember those, that phrase used a couple times in the beginning of the book of Acts and even a little bit later on. We find the giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Remember Jesus promised, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And the, and, and the Holy Spirit comes in a powerful way. Acts chapter 3, just the chapter right after Pentecost, we find this lame beggar 
who was on the outside of the kingdom of God. And if you recall, I mentioned that because of his infirmity, he was not able to physically or spiritually go into the temple. But when he was healed, if you remember the little cartoon I put up, there was a picture of him kind of dancing his way into the temple because he can now go there. God has opened the way for him. Um, We have the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits were brought to them for healing. But here's what I, I would like to bring our attention. Yet one of the greatest miracles seen in the book is the conversion of a soul. In other words, people who are on the outside of the kingdom of God being brought into the kingdom of God. 3,000 saved on the day of Pentecost. 2,000 saved at the preaching of a sermon. Many others who were added daily to the fellowship of Christ. And then we have the story of Paul, right? Remember? He was on the outside of the kingdom. He was, he was, his name was Saul, and he was really trying to quench what God was doing with kingdom work. But through the remarkable movement, the Holy Spirit got his attention, brought him into the kingdom of God, and then he is probably one of the biggest advocates for kingdom work ever. All right, this is John Piper. Um, it's a, one of the pastors I follow. I read and I watch him. Uh, he's very profound in, in his perspective. And this is, comes from a quote as he was talking about the book of Acts in particular. He says, but one of the messages of the book of Acts is that this is emphatically not true. In other words, that Jesus is dead. Jesus Christ is not dead. He's not distant. He's not silent. He's not weak. He's not uninterested in the world and the progress of his mission and in your life. He is alive, and what he began to do in his earthly life, he is continuing to do. He is full of surprises for churches and for nations and for families and for individual people. So this Jesus who came as a babe of Bethlehem, who lived 33 and a half years on this earth, who ascended up into heaven, is still at work in the book of Acts and today. What what a concept. He is still kingdom attentive. God has been and always will be kingdom attentive. If you you look at the book of Revelation, you get beautiful pictures of what the kingdom is going to be like when we take our last breath or when Jesus comes again. It's glorious. It's wonderful. But the second part of this is where I'm going to challenge you and me maybe more than you've ever been challenged before. Because I believe, yes, for God, he's kingdom attentive, but he desires that we also be kingdom attentive, that we make this the number one, not an afterthought, not something that just happens when we have time, but that the kingdom of God and all that it means, and, and I'll just tell you my definition of the kingdom of God, wherever Jesus is, there is his kingdom. So if he's here right now, the kingdom of God is right here. If you make your way off to some restaurant for for lunch after service, guess what? Jesus is with you. The kingdom goes with you to that restaurant. And he wants us to be so kingdom attentive that it's not just good enough that we're part of the kingdom, is that we become more aware and more passionate than ever before that this kingdom is for everyone. Old, young, rich, poor, black, white, doesn't matter what color. This kingdom is for everyone. So, with that in mind, I want to bring us to Acts chapter 9. So you're thinking, well, wow, he's gone like 10 minutes and hasn't even touched on the text. I believe Acts chapter 9, especially this section, there's two stories that give us a picture that will help us be more kingdom attentive. So, Two stories I'm going to tell you. The first story, we get verses 32 to 35. Now, Peter went, now I want you to capture this phrase, here and there among them all. Do you get the image of what's going on here? 
He is out and about, and he is looking for kingdom work. He's going around, no matter where it is, whether it's Columbus, Nebraska, or Arizona, kingdom attentive. So he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. So one of the miracles that we see in here is this person that was bedridden for eight years. That was a miracle, right? But there's also another miracle. So don't look past it. And they turned to the Lord. So everyone that kind of saw this and witnessed it, they were so moved by it. So I would like to take a little liberty with translation so it would fit my, my sermon a little bit better. So, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and they became kingdom attentive. So here's this person who's been in bed for eight years. Now is getting up. Everyone around was going like, wow. Look what God did. And all of a sudden, their, their spiritual ADD kind of moved aside and they were just in awe about what God did. So, the biblical principle that I believe that God is putting before us to be kingdom attentive means being ready and willing to be used by the Holy Spirit. And I'll just say what is at, at, uh, at war here is our old Adam. Our old Adam does not want to be kingdom attentive. Our old Adam has its own agenda. And I'm going to say I am guilty of this a lot. Now, back when I was 17 and when Jesus became real to me, where his kingdom came flooding at me and I, I was seeing how good he is and how great he is and how loving he is, I'm going to tell you it was 24-7 for me. I was kingdom attentive. I would be reading the Bible all day long. I would go downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I would be on the street corners. No, I wasn't holding up a sign, but I'd be sitting there I'm waiting for somebody to need something. And so when a car couldn't, wouldn't start or died on the side of the road, I would come up to them and say, hey, can I help you? And it's because I, I just knew that this would be, maybe bring a conversation about Jesus. And, and that's what I, I just did 24-7. But now that I'm older, I am not proud of this. I am not as kingdom attentive. And I think it's because I think I know better. If you look at my schedule, if you look at my calendar, my wife would make fun of me. She would probably say, I schedule even when I'm going to breathe. I have my agenda, point A, point B. And don't get in my way because I'm going to do that. And I'm actually praying, Lord, may I not be driven by that anymore. May I be more kingdom attentive than ever before. And, and maybe just like Peter going from here to there, just being ready for what God wants to do, using somebody even like me to do it. So I want to challenge you. If, again, if you want to be kingdom attentive, if you want to be part of this movement of Jesus Christ in 2020 and beyond, maybe our radar needs to be up a little bit better and more. And maybe our agenda needs to take a step down from where it was. Okay? Biblical principle number two. Uh, longer text here, so just bear with me as, as you see the scene being unfolded. Now, there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in the upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them, and when, they, when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other garment, garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put 
them all outside, all the people. He knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. See the, the, the idea of prayer here? Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. So the, this emphasis of prayer um, is there. But let me, let me do this again. And many became kingdom attentive. So they, people saw this, this, this being raised from the dead. It got their attention, and they, they became kingdom attentive. Lives were changed. To be kingdom attentive means being people of prayer. I, I keep saying this, and I believe it wholeheartedly. I believe that prayer is one of the most underutilized gifts in the Christian church today. We are invited by God to talk to him at any time about anything, anywhere. And yet, if you're as human as me, I go into a different kind of mode when I could be praying. Sometimes I will Google. If I'm looking for an answer, for a medical condition, for, you know, what's going on. I mean, what would it be like if I would go to prayer first? I think it would start changing perspective and it would start changing our kingdom attentiveness. So picture prayer like this, if you would. Prayer is speaking to God about things that you can't change, but he can. I've, I've used the illustration when I used to teach confirmation, and I'm going to be teaching again this year, so I'm looking forward to it. Too often, we view prayer as a crowbar. We're going to force something to happen, rather than prayer is like an extension cord, plugging into the power of God, plugging into his will and his way. So can you imagine if we go into prayer with that kind of perspective? And so when we pray for growth and grace, we do it because we know that he has the ability to give us this growth and grace. Or pray for the loved ones who are lost because God has the power to save them. Or pray for those circumstances that seem impossible, like a wayward child, a rocky marriage, unemployment, or health issues. And I really believe that is a way for us to be kingdom attentive this way and then it starts revealing itself this way. The more attentive we are this way, the more it's going to affect this way. So picture that if you would. Prayer and also just being ready and willing and able wherever we are, to share this message that has changed our lives. I want to share with you Hebrews 12. If you, if you know the NIV version, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning the shame. The message, I, the message version, I think, captures it really well. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. Beautiful reminder from the writer to the Hebrews. Jesus has been, is, and will be kingdom attentive for people like you and me and people that, that are outside of this church. And then the second part, this is verse 2. And now he's there. Yes, he's up there in the place of honor, right alongside God. And when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, in other words, when you find yourselves being 
spiritually ADD. It says, go over the story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, and that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Again, when we go over that story and we are reminded of God's faithfulness, God's attentiveness. Uh, God's attentive to all the details, right? He, he saw our sin, he dealt with it. When we go over that story again and again and again, it's going to shoot adrenaline into our souls and it's going to start being evident in our relationships with other people. You know, September is, is kind of a, always a transition time for, we'll just say churches in particular, but think about all the educational institutions that start somewhere in August and September. There's a rhythm that goes on. We, you know, we get busy, distracted with summer, and we do our thing, right? But September, there's something about that time when you see students going back to school. What about you and me? What if we made a greater commitment to go over the story again and again and again and again and again? What if we become more attentive to the word of God? Maybe, just maybe, it's going to shoot more adrenaline into our souls. And maybe when that adrenaline is kind of pumping up, you're going to feel the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and we're going to be more kingdom attentive. In other words, we're going to want to, we're going to know more about the kingdom love that God has, but we're going to want to share it with other people because it's such a good thing. Um, at the end, I'm going to talk about announce, the announcements of lots of Bible studies that are coming up beginning this week. If you have not ever attended a Bible study, I want you to start praying about it. Because again, the word of God is what changes and transforms us. And the more we go over the story, the more adrenaline happens. And I think it's where that spiritual ADD kind of push, gets pushed aside and we're going to be more focused and attentive. All for the glory of God. May God's spirit lead and guide all of us in our journey with him and our journey in this kingdom. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, hear our prayers for our 1C family as we humbly bring them to you. For a close friend of mine, Joe Searing, he's very sick and needs all the prayers he can get. For Casey Thornton's brother, Jason, he's had several operations and needs your healing also. Prayers for all who are homeless because of the fires or hurricanes. For our nation and for our president. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. For my sister Rachel, her family, and the struggles they are going through. For my mom, as we have another oncologist appointment this week. Thank you for all our blessings and thanksgivings. Please help my husband and I to feel better and get over our sickness. For my mom who is battling cancer and that the end is soon and she gets through it with her head held high. Prayers for our son to grow and continue to be healthy. For the Ariza family who had to lay a son to rest this last week. Prayers for guidance through tough decisions. For my sister Carrie Ann, who is living and dying with ALS. Thank you, Lord, for helping and guiding my children. Thank you for surrounding us with friends and family. Please help us to make the right choices and decisions. Help guide us down the path you've chosen for us. Please help the medical staff heal my friend's daughter. Please restore her to full health quickly. And please also comfort and guide my friend as she is stressing. Prayers for Grayson as he continues to recover from COVID. Praise God for mild systems, symptoms, and much love and support for the Schatz family during quarantine. 
Dear Lord, please help all those who are sick with the coronavirus to get better. Please help my grandpa, Steve, feel better so he can spend more time with us. Please help keep my little buddy who has swimmers here to get feeling better. Pray for the Holy Spirit to capture the heart of a young man leaning toward devil worship. Prayers for all the unborn babies and their mothers. Prayers for financial favor. We're almost caught up. We just have to get through this month. Thank you, Lord, for the time we get to spend with family. Please continue to bring us all closer to you. Happy birthday to Deb. What a blessing you have created in her. And finally, Father, prayers for peace and understanding in all the world and for all the people. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your never-ending grace, mercy, and love. Please bless those who are suffering and bring them to a peace that only you can provide through your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I invite you to take out the elements. And um, just a reminder how and what we do. The very first thing I'm going to do is share with you the words of institution. In other words, Jesus and what he said about this meal. And then after I share those words of institution, then I will invite you then to take uh, first the bread, the body, and then the wine or the blood. Our Lord Jesus Christ on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, you can open up the bread and take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. And if you would, open up the wine or the juice, the blood of Christ. Take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you. We pray. Heavenly Father, your word tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good. And Lord, we did just that. You have just fed us and nourished us, uh, yes, with bread and wine, but also your son's body and blood. And we thank you that in this meal you have forgiven our sins, you have strengthened our faith, and you have reminded us once again that you're always with us. Thank you. Thank you for your love for us, and thank you for all that you have done in the past, the present, and what you will do in the future. To you be the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't want to be afraid Every time I face the waves I don't want to be afraid I don't want to be afraid and I don't want to fear the storm Just because I hear it roar I don't want to fear the storm No, I don't want to fear the storm Set my feet upon 
Hopefully on the way in, you received uh, a handout, and it, it, it's entitled Exploration. So Wednesday we start, um, a really major focus of what we're doing is to learn God's Word, all ages. And I just want to highlight the one class I'm going to be teaching. So, foundation. Just remember this, 
The house is only as good as the foundation is. If the foundation of a house is suspect, everything above it is going to be questionable. So, I want to challenge you to make a commitment, whether it's in person or online, to, to be part of this class. And we're going to be doing 10-week segments, so I think they're bite-sized. I mean, it's not a, a really gigantic commitment, but 10 weeks we're going to be looking at the Ten Commandments in fall, and then in the spring we're going to be taking a look at the life of Christ. And then next year we're going to be looking at, for 10 weeks, the Lord's Prayer, and then we're going to be looking at, in spring, the Apostles' Creed. This is really foundational for our faith, and for some of you it's going to be a refresher. You've learned these things before, but for some of you it's going to be brand new. So whether you come here live in person, or if you follow us and watch it um, online, you could do that as well. And we're going to create this learning community. Now, if you notice the flyer, we have life on mission, we have Bible journal journaling, we have classes for all ages. So the opportunities abound. So please prayerfully consider what are you going to do to get a stronger foundation and to become more kingdom attentive than ever. All right, so please consider that if you would. Uh, that's really it for announcements. So let's stand. I want to share with you the blessing, and then we'll have our closing sending song. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Sunday, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord. My God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Pouring like a lie. God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Pouring like a lie. Oh, God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside.